John Rappaport, no more fake news. The headline of this article has become a battle cry among some alternative journalists, activists, lawyers, and doctors. As my readers know, I've devoted considerable space, over the past two years, to presenting evidence that SARS-CoV-2 is a scientific fairy tale, a con, and the virus doesn't exist. So when I hear this battle cry, I'm motivated to mention a few significant points. Let me start by countering the claim that debating the existence of the virus is wasting time. Here's a shocker. A person can do more than one thing at the same time. For example, he can expose slash oppose the toxic vaccine. He can expose the murderous COVID treatments, ventilators, sedatives, antiviral drugs. He can expose using simple flu-like illness to create fraudulent COVID case numbers. And he can also expose the fact that the virus has never been isolated, discovered, or sequenced. So highlighting the non-existence of the virus doesn't rule out dealing with other vital concerns. This may come as a surprise, but it's even possible to go to court to challenge a vaccine mandate, while also arguing elsewhere that the virus doesn't exist. I know. Amazing, right? Those alarmed by the virus doesn't exist also say, making that statement leaves us open to being called wackos, and leaves us unable to convince people that all our other criticisms of the pandemic are true. I would counter that in two ways. Millions of people already believe we're wackos, even those of us who take a sacred blood oath that the virus is real. And second, people going against the grain, when their vital issue is still in the budding stage, are always called nuts. Trust me, there was a time when criticizing vaccines made people look like total wackos in the eyes of the general public, and it took decades of fighting the consensus to bring that criticism into the open, where many people saw the truth about jabs. Here's another fun fact. The entire medical cartel thrives on the insane proposition, launched with fervor more than a hundred years ago, that people suffer from thousands of distinct diseases, each of which is caused by a single germ, which must be treated by a toxic drug and prevented by a toxic vaccine. It is this great lie that that has killed millions upon millions upon millions of people. Therefore, the very real question about the existence of viruses in general is more than a weird preoccupation. Next, those who claim, of course viruses exist, don't know what the hell they're talking about. They're merely parroting what they learned in school or what researchers baldly claim in studies. Well, all virologists can't be wrong. Yes, Virginia, they can all be wrong. Just as vaccinologists can all be wrong about the remarkable safety and efficacy of vaccines. Some of the of course viruses exist people are new to the way blogs and videos work. They've never encountered commenters in any great numbers before. So when a few dozen committed people suddenly tell them they should examine their premises more carefully and consider what really goes on in virology labs, these of course people are annoyed and irritated. They don't like being challenged on basic issues. They don't like feeling that the floor might suddenly shift under their feet. So they turn on their arrogance machines. So be it. The issue isn't going away. Nor should it. Despite growing digital censorship, the internet is still the wild west in certain respects. People are going to say the virus doesn't exist, and viruses don't exist. And foundations will shake. Foundations of the medical cartel, and foundations underlying people's cherished assumptions. In any area of human life, there are conflicts between this is strategy and this is the truth. There always will be. Trying to shortchange the truth or casually say the truth is a lie doesn't work. No one who is reading this article has ever been in a virology lab and witnessed the step-by-step process of discovering a new virus. I find that stunning. And yet all sorts of people are quite ready to assert with great finality that they know all about isolating viruses. If by chance, 
Someone reading this article has actually been in a lab and discovered a virus. You can bet your bottom dollar he won't let you or me in there with a full film crew and our outlier experts asking very pointed questions about each scientific move he makes, as he isolates a virus. To which somebody might reply, well, I've never seen a car being made in a factory, but I drive one with full confidence. Yes, but when the virus discovered in a lab results in you or someone you love being dosed with a drug or vaccine that maims you or kills your family member, you damn well should want to get into that factory where the car is made. But you can't. They won't let you. Despite the fact that, as I've documented many times, the US medical system kills, by a very conservative estimate, 225,000 people a year, or 2.25 million people per decade. Zero. Chew on that for a while. Here is one of my articles on the subject of virus isolation. Dr. Andrew Kaufman refutes isolation of SARS-CoV-2. He does step-by-step analysis of a typical claim of isolation. There is no proof that the virus exists. The global medical community has been asserting that a pandemic is being caused by a virus, SARS-CoV-2. But what if the virus doesn't exist? People have been asking me for a step-by-step analysis of a mainstream claim of virus isolation. Well, here it is. Isolation should mean the virus has been separated out from all surrounding material, so researchers can say, look, we have it. It exists. I took a typical passage from a published study, a method section, in which researchers describe how they isolated the virus. I sent it to Dr. Andrew Kaufman, one, and he provided his analysis in detail. I found several studies that used very similar language in explaining how SARS-CoV-2 was isolated. For example, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2 from Patient with Coronavirus Disease, United States, Emerging Infectious Diseases, Volume 26, Number 6, June 2020, 2. First, I want to provide a bit of background that will help the reader understand what is going on in the study. The researchers are creating a soup in the lab. This soup contains a number of compounds. Human cells, monkey cells, antibiotics, other chemicals, random genetic material. The researchers assume, without evidence, that the virus is in this soup, because they're dropped a mucus sample from a patient in the soup. At no time do they separate the purported virus from the surrounding material in the soup. Isolation of the virus is not occurring. They set about showing that the monkey, and or human cells, they put in the soup are dying. This cell death, they claim, is being caused by the virus. However, as you'll see, Dr. Kaufman dismantles this claim there is no reason to infer that SARS-CoV-2 is in the soup at all, or that it is killing cells. Finally, the researchers assert, with no proof or rational explanation, that they were able to discover the genetic sequence of the virus. Here are the study statements claiming isolation, alternated with Dr. Kaufman's analysis. Study, we used Vero CCL81 cells for isolation and initial passage, in the soup in the lab. Kaufman, Vero cells are foreign cells from the kidneys of monkeys and a source of contamination. Virus particles should be purified directly from clinical samples in order to prove the virus actually exists. Isolation means separation from everything else. So how can you separate slash isolate a virus when you add it to something else? Study, we cultured Vero E6, Vero CCL81, HA 7.0, 293T, A549, and EFKB3 cells in Dulbeco minimal essential medium, DMEM, supplemented with heat and activated fetal bovine serum, 5% or 10%, Kaufman, why use minimal essential media, which provides incomplete nutrition, to the cells. Fetal bovine serum is a source of foreign genetic material and extracellular vesicles, which are indistinguishable from viruses. 
study, we used both NP and op swab specimens for virus isolation. For isolation, limiting dilution, and passage 1 of the virus, we pipetted 50L of serum freed mem into columns 2 to 12 of a 96 well tissue culture plate, then pipetted 100L of clinical specimens into column 1 and serially diluted two-fold across the plate. Kaufman, once again, misuse of the word isolation. Study, we then trypsinized and resuspended vero cells in mem containing 10% fetal bovine serum, 2 times penicillin slash streptomycin, 2 times antibiotics slash antimycotics, and 2 times amphotericin B at a concentration of 2.5 times 105 cells per milliliter. Kaufman, trypsin is a pancreatic enzyme that digests proteins. Wouldn't that cause damage to the cells and particles in the culture which have proteins on their surfaces, including the so called spike protein? Kaufman, why are antibiotics added? Sterile technique is used for the culture. Bacteria may be easily filtered out of the clinical sample by commercially available filters, Jibco, 3. Finally, bacteria may be easily seen under the microscope and would be readily identified if they were contaminating the sample. The specific antibiotics used, streptomycin and amphotericin, aka amphoterable, are toxic to the kidneys and we are using kidney cells in this experiment. Also note they are used at 2x concentration, which appears to be twice the normal amount. These will certainly cause damage to the vero cells. Study, we added, not isolated 100L of cell suspension directly to the clinical specimen dilutions and mixed gently by pipetting. We then grew the inoculated cultures in a humidified 37 degrees Celsius incubator in an atmosphere of 5% CO2 and observed for cytopathic effects, CPEs, daily. We used standard plaque assays for SARS-CoV-2, which were based on SARS-CoV and Middle East Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus, MERS-CoV, protocols. Study, when CPEs were observed, we scraped cell monolayers with the back of a pipette tip. Kaufman, there was no negative control experiment described. Control experiments are required for a valid interpretation of the results. Without that, how can we know if it was the toxic soup of antibiotics, minimal nutrition, and dying tissue from a sick person which caused the cellular damage or a phantom virus? A proper control would consist of the same exact experiment except that the clinical specimen should come from a person with illness unrelated to COVID, such as cancer, since that would not contain a virus. Study, we used 50L of viral lysate for total nucleic acid extraction for confirmatory testing and sequencing. We also used 50L of virus lysate to inoculate a well of a 90% confluent 24 well plate. Kaufman, how do you confirm something that was never previously shown to exist? What did you compare the genetic sequences to? How do you know the origin of the genetic material since it came from a cell culture containing material from humans and all their microflora, fetal cows, and monkeys? End of study quotes and Kaufman analysis. My comments, Dr. Kaufman does several things here. He shows that isolation, in any meaningful sense of the word isolation, is not occurring. Dr. Kaufman also shows that the researchers want to use damage to the cells and cell death as proof that the virus is in the soup they are creating. In other words, the researchers are assuming that if the cells are dying, it must be the virus that is doing the killing. But Dr. Kaufman shows there are obvious other reasons for cell damage and death that have nothing to do with a virus. Therefore, no proof exists that the virus is in the soup or exists at all. And finally, Dr. Kaufman explains that the claim of genetic sequencing of the virus is absurd because there is no proof that the virus is present. How do you sequence something when you haven't shown it exists, and you don't have an isolated specimen of it? Readers who are unfamiliar with my work, over 375 articles on the subject of the pandemic during the past year, 4, will ask, then why are people dying? 
What about the huge number of cases and deaths? I have answered these and other questions in great detail. The subject of this article is, have researchers proved SARS-CoV-2 exists? The answer is no. Dash. Sources. 0. https colon slash slash www.jhsph.edu slash research slash centers and institutes slash Johns Hopkins Primary Care Policy Center slash publications underscore pdf slash a154.pdf. 1. https colon slash slash andrewkoffman.com slash. 2. https colon slash slash www.ncdc.gov slash ed slash article slash 26 slash 6 slash 220516 underscore article. 3. https colon slash slash www.thermofisher.com slash a slash n slash home.html. 4. https colon slash slash blog.nomorefakenews.com slash category slash covid slash. Dash. Further reading. Is the virus real? Steve Kirsch suggests a debate. blog.nomorefakenews.com slash 2022 slash 01 slash 25 slash is the virus real Steve Kirsch suggests a debate. This article, republished with permission, originally appeared here. Copyright John Rappaport. All rights reserved. The author of three explosive collections, The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix and Power Outside the Matrix, John Rappaport was a candidate for a U.S. congressional seat in the 29th District of California. Nominated for a Pulitzer Prize, he has worked as an investigative reporter for 30 years, writing articles on politics, medicine and health for CBS Healthwatch, LA Weekly, Spin Magazine, Stern, and other newspapers and magazines in the U.S. and Europe. John has delivered lectures and seminars on global politics, health, logic and creative power to audiences around the world. You can sign up for his free emails here. To read about John's mega-collection, Exit from the Matrix, click here.